Welcome to Two Hypnotherapists Talking with me, Denise Billen Mejia in Delaware, USA. And me, Martin Ferber in Preston, UK. This weekly podcast is for anyone and everyone who would like to know more about the fascinating subject of hypnosis and the benefits it offers. I'm a clinical hypnotherapist and psychotherapist. I'm a retired medical doctor turned consulting hypnotist. We are two hypnotherapists talking. So let's get on with the episode. Carrie, it's so nice of you to join us today from Arizona. Thank you. It's so great to be here with you. Yeah, greetings from England, Carrie. (laughs) Thank you. So you've been a hypnotherapist for over 20 years. Um, yes. Would you oh, be willing to talk? 24 oh, years. Really? Wow. Yeah. So yeah. would you would you like to tell us about some differences? There are already some differences because Martin practices in the UK and, and you're here in America. But, yes. but what have you seen over that 20 years? Well, I just see a lot of, um, I don't know. I think it's my own growth that I see that's different. You mm-hmm. know, there's so many different Uh, modalities to use. And, um, you know, I have uh, used, you know, pretty much the Ericksonian type of thing. That's the old, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, type of hypnosis. And yet by going and attending conferences and stuff like that, I've learned a lot of new little tricks Mm -hmm. uh, to use as well. And now I use a lot more NLP than I Mm -hmm. did at the beginning. Um, and, uh, you know, it's all good. What brought you to hypnosis in the first place? I had for uh, many years, uh, since I was 20 years old, I experienced something called Epstein-Barr virus, chronic oh. fatigue. Mm-hmm. No one knew what it was at that time. They just, they kept taking these tests. They said nothing, we can't see anything wrong. No, it really wasn't no, until the 90s we got. Experiencing this, it could be like mono, it could be, you know, mm-hmm. all these different things. And so that was a journey. And I did learn that I was very hypoglycemic along the way. So once I stopped eating sugar, that helped tremendously. But in 1990, I finally had found a physician that, said, I, I think I know what's going on mm-hmm. and took the blood work and it came up positive that I had this Epstein-Barr virus. Okay. So, and he said, there's really nothing we can do about it. Mm-hmm. He said, you know, go home, eat rest, eat well and stuff. You know, it might last six weeks, six months, six years, whatever. Mine was typically a six to eight week stint mm-hmm. when I got it felt very flu-like and exhausted. Um, so I, I, I had a client, I was in a different business and I had a client at the time that said, you need to read this book my husband's read. It's really been very helpful for him. Mm-hmm. And that was Louise Hay's book, You Can Heal Your Life. So it was about self-talk and affirmations. And I said, well, this makes sense. And so I started doing it, felt like a lie at first, Mm -hmm. because I was in what I call a diseased mindset. Mm -hmm. Every morning I woke up looking for what's wrong today. Am I going to house, you know, how how much energy do I have? How sore am I? What, you know, that was my mindset. Uh, And I, so I began to 
do this, like I say, this self-talk. And like I said, it felt like a lie, but I thought there's something to it. I just know there's something to it. So I continued to do it over and over and over again. And um, eventually my focus was on wellness versus the disease I was focusing on wellness. So there was a shift there. Yeah. When that happened, wonderful physicians and practitioners and nutritionists came into my life to help me heal. And they did. Beautiful. And I would say to myself that I was radiantly healthy in body, mind, and spirit. And I would say it over and over and over and over and over again. I'd meditate, I'd pray, I'd go for walks. And, you know, I just constantly was focused on being radiantly healthy. And when people began to approach me and literally say to me, I don't know what it is, but you're just radiant. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm thinking, wow, that's interesting. And it wasn't just one or two people. It was a lot of people, uh-huh. complete strangers. And then people that I've known forever. No one ever told me that in my life. And yet they were using those words. So I knew there was this incredible connection between the mind and the body. This is something, I've, something I have realized fairly recently. When people say psychosomatic, they always think of it's a psychosomatic illness and mind body but mind body is psychosomatic that that's what the word means <laughs> yes and yet exactly. we have this feeling that oh yeah, yeah it's all in your head so you yeah, can have psychosomatic yeah, yeah. let's go for that <laughs> psychosomatic health yes yeah you can have, yeah psychosomatic wellness um, yeah, yeah i mean i always quote michael yapko carry um the expression anything you concentrate on you will amplify um yeah, yeah. you bet yeah <laughs> exactly exactly so anyway that was kind of my story and studying the mind and the body led me to take some courses in hypnosis and who, I'm certified. who did you train with i Which trained with uh, ann spencer i don't know if any of you know her she was the uh, founder of the international medical and dental hypnotherapy oh okay yes i know the organization okay yeah you know the organization well she was the originator and the founder of that organization Mm -hmm. um and she uh, owned infinity institute and i trained with her for my clinical work Mm -hmm. and then i worked with the uh, uh, clinical hypnosis institute for my medical mm-hmm. hypnosis That's great. yeah so. so where did you set up your practice first because you weren't in arizona in then no, in michigan in michigan yeah i was in michigan and you know how it is when you first start you just kind of do a little bit at a time dabble friends whatever mm-hmm. and um so uh, then i just set up a little office in my home at the time and did a little advertising here and there and uh, people began to come and I actually um, started doing hypnobirthing Mm -hmm. and when I started the The, the monument method yeah and um, so when I started doing that I worked with Botsford Hospital in Farmington and um, I would, I had group classes. I worked with an adjunct to Botsford Hospital actually. Mm -hmm. And so I did groups there and I worked with the 
Holistic Nurses Association and the Obstetric Nurses Association. And so that's when I really stepped into doing hypnosis when mm-hmm. I did the hypnobirthing. And it was a major part of my work. Mm-hmm. That's great. Now, have you seen any changes in people's attitude over that 20 years? Because hypnosis for childbirth, most people have been aware of it for at least 20, 30 years. Yeah, it's it's far more common now, I think. Yeah. And certainly if somebody says, I, I use hypnosis for, for my babies, nobody's right. surprised. Right. Uh, right. But have you, have no. you is it is that does that ebb and flow in the same way that the acceptance of hypnosis tends to? Um, you know, I think it's just the person mm-hmm. that we work okay. with. I mean, some people have very, abs- I try to you know, eliminate that fantasy right away when I see my clients Uh um, so that they have an idea that, hey, you know, this is just a normal state of being. You're going to hypnosis all day long with the suggestion. Carrie, you you work online, don't you, as well as seeing clients face-to-face? I do. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Primarily, I work you know, locally face to face. Yeah. No, I and, just wondered and, if and I do work online. I mean, you know, that's just been the way of things. But mm-hmm. even during the COVID thing here, we didn't get um I guess hit as badly with that with the whole COVID mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. And did you did I you would ask people, I offered, you know, I said I'm happy to work online with you or whatever. Mm-hmm or in person and they all said i'd rather work in person right online works beautifully we all know that yeah yeah Yeah. we've come Uh, to learn that (laughs) yeah and and you told me i think i can't remember if it was before or after we started recording but you have you had somebody you'd seen who was who was visiting your area and then you were able to continue that relationship because of the online right he was um he was doing um, some work with a, um, a woman here. I don't know if she did coaching type of things or whatever. I'd met her in a networking group and stuff. Mm-hmm. And she knew he wanted to quit smoking. And so um, she set it all up for him to see me before they started their little ret- retreat. It was kind oh, of- Oh, I see. Oh, that's I- good. So you just saw him the once in person and then you're continuing saw him once in person. And then this week I saw him yesterday. I saw him online. And next How week. Do you have a set program for quitting smoking? Cause that tends to be handled differently by different people. Yeah. Okay. I, I do it in three sessions. Mm-hmm. Typically. Now, if someone's like red hot and they're coming in and they go, I want to do, I know I can do it in one session. I've maybe done it before in another session. I'll say, fine, I'll do it in one session. I mean, <laughs> I'm fine with that. And usually if they're that, yeah, they, you know, they're going to be fine with yeah. one session. They're absolutely yeah. going to be fine with that. Uh, but I typically do it in three sessions. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first session, we focus on solidifying the decision mm-hmm. to quit. And the second session is our stop smoking session. And the third session is stress management. Mm-hmm. I'm big on helping. I, I, 
teaching people to pay attention to how they feel and to work with those emotions, yeah. you know, to guide them. They're guiding them. They're telling them this is, you don't like this. It doesn't feel good. And this is where we're going to go. <laughs> this is what we really want. So that's a big thing, focusing on what they want. Mm -hmm. The big, big thing. Do you, work, to do. do you work with local doctors? Have you had the opportunity yes. to work with local doctors? Okay, yeah. good. Yes, I have. We have a lot of naturopathic doctors here mm -hmm. in this area. And so there's several of those I work with and chiropractors and, you know, and different medical people I, I work with. Do you do childbirth stuff still? I still do it. It's not my focus, not my main focus. It's mm -hmm. on my website. So people who are looking for hypnobirthing or whatever. So you don't do, you don't do groups with anyone. You just do one-on-one. -on -one. I'm not doing groups anymore. Mm -hmm. I haven't, um, I haven't gone to the hospitals here, mm -hmm. uh, you know, so much. We had in Michigan, we had, we actually had one hospital that, you know, had a birthing unit and, it was all natural birth and all midwives and doulas, that kind of thing. They were close mm -hmm. enough to the hospitals so they could get there if they needed. To. I mean, they were like adjacent, adjacent, yeah. adjacent to the hospital yeah. right yeah. there. So um, they they would do a lot. And um, so, and I would do a lot of CEU, you were, you know, mm -hmm. CEUs for the obstetric nurses. Yeah. So, so the British just people that yeah, CPD. CPD, right, okay. <laughs> what did you say? It's continuing professional development in, in the UK. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just, just translating it for our um, we, we try to keep away, <laughs> keep away from the woo-woo, but also the acronyms, because it depends on context so much. <laughs> yeah. So, Carrie, do you do, uh, do you deal a lot with fears and phobias? Absolutely. I love fears. Yeah, yeah. Let, let's but talk I, about some fears and phobias. Fears and yeah. phobias. Do you, do I do, always say I'm like 99.9% .9 successful. With yes. fears and so she's here she is in Arizona with snakes and spiders and scorpions yeah. and all it's, sorts of fun stuff. Like that. Yes. Yeah. 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 So, so I, what's the strangest phobia you've ever dealt with without breaching any client confidentiality, of course? You know, we have a lot of heights because we're in the mountains. Of mm. course, yeah. Heights, of, you know, I see a lot of that. And um, uh, driving in, in the mountains. Driving. Almost that driving in the driving. bridges. <laughs> There's a lot of people who are fear, fearful of driving. Mm -hmm. You know, the young kids now, they're not even driving until they're like in their 20s. Really? So many young people here are like, they, they don't drive. Well, they get Ubers or you have good buses? Like my, yeah, my, like my, they're in Michigan though, my grandchildren and, and they don't, they don't mm. drive. It's like, you know, we're like, yeah, I'm 16. Give me my license. <laughs> yeah, well, you no, need a car though. It's, everything's so vast and spread out, isn't it? Yeah. So that, you know, driving, of course, is one of them. Failure and mm -hmm. fears and businesses and you know that type of thing um, and just you know 
I think a lot of people have social anxieties and stuff. So there's a lot of fears around that. I've seen a lot of particularly older women um, since the pandemic because they they because it was it was so long with all those stops and starts again. Right. Socializing, I've seen a lot of people that want to rekindle their confidence in themselves. Um, right. But and it's affected by COVID. Yeah. 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 I see fears with athletes that are been mm -hmm. injured after injury, a lot of that kind of thing. Um, so I don't know. It's interesting. Do you do much in bereavement? That's another fairly big. So I'm actually working with a woman right now who uh, lost her son mm -hmm. um, when he was like 14. He oh. got cancer and lymphoma so it was like a seven-year battle so she was at his bedside for that whole yeah it was very 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 challenging and difficult for her and being the mediator between him and the doctors and everything it was just you know really exhausting mm -hmm. and um so that yes i'm dealing with that right now because now it's been a good long time since mm -hmm. he has passed that being said it's still you know it's a part of them of i have course. another neighbor who lost their son last uh christmas time 24 yeah. years old you know yeah. yeah so i do you'd think it would maybe be older people that have lost their spouses or mm -hmm. whatever but i'm finding that it's mothers and their children and um it's 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 a tough thing to do but mm -hmm. you know with this one woman we're working heavily on that and she had a lot of uh abuses growing up as well mm -hmm. so we're it's been it's unravel everything through yeah very solution focused right martin yeah, yeah absolutely. I'm a solution focused person. how do i want to feel i usually have them pick out just a few words mm -hmm. you know I want to feel respected and, you know, um, at ease or whatever their, their situation is, whatever the emotion is, telling them, because it's really just telling them they don't like it and what do they like. I said, this is about us creating some new realities here, new neural pathways. Yeah. And so if they get their words, and I usually hand pick three or four words, and I said, that's your mantra. Mm -hmm. You say that over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. The subconscious mind is going to start leaning into that mm -hmm. and focusing on that. But I, the beautiful thing is, too, and I, I don't know how much you guys work with that, energetically, it changes mm -hmm. things. You know, I, I work a lot with energy as well. And so I said, now, energetically, that's where you are. So you're not only beginning to move yourself in that direction, you're beginning to attract situations to you energetically mm -hmm. that, you know, will match that as well. So, you know, sometimes it's again, hard. it's again, it's the what you're paying attention to mm. is what's going to. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So that's how I how I work. Yeah, I mean, so would would it be fair to say you do a lot of, you know, you, you try and get your client to do a lot of future focusing? Um, 
Absolutely. Or yeah. even now focusing. I want them to focus now yeah. on how they feel. What right now, today, how do you feel? If you feel good, just keep doing it. Not, <laughs> then ask yourself, breathe. What do I want? How do I want to feel? Because the feelings will take them. Because the, the thoughts follow the emotion. We all know that. Mm -hmm. And so that's the pattern interrupt instead of allowing those thoughts to attach to the negative emotion, mm. just observing the emotion. Mm -hmm. I yeah. mean, that's, you know, I, I find that is pretty much standard <laughs> with almost everything and everybody I work with. I always work on with that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I tend to concentrate a lot on detaching emotion from memories. Because as right. you know, you know, you can have memories oh, of something. You yeah. yeah, you can have a memory of something bad that's happened, but you can right. detach the emotion from it. You can recall the memory without all the emotions anymore. Right. Um, exactly. You know, I tend to do a lot of work on that kind of thing. Um, sure. And future exactly. focus, future focus. Into, we use all of scaling future over pacing. here. So yeah. yeah, we may ask somebody, for example, if you're feeling five out of 10 in terms of happiness at the moment, imagine if you woke up tomorrow and you were feeling six out of 10, you didn't quite know what happened, but something had happened in your sleep and you were feeling that a little bit better. What would yeah. you be doing okay. differently? And we yeah. say, we always go on doing. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. As in and feeling. Different. Yeah. Different. Exactly. That's perfect. It's, just, it's along the same line. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, it's all, it all works together. I do some future pacing kinds of things mm. too, uh, mm -hmm. but you know, we have so many tools. So where so do you see, you, you've been in business for 23 years. Yeah. You presumably are approaching a retirement age. Uh, yeah. Do you see so yourself? I, I tried that already a few years ago. <laughs> yeah, so, so, so where do you see yourself going? Do you, this is a comfortable size practice for you do you want us mm -hmm. to sing out for everybody call carrie and get a session for carrie online uh are you are you you comfortable with that or or do you do you see yourself doing anything adding anything else to the way you practice i think it's in like i said i think it evolves mm -hmm. i think we learn we evolve we have our own personal experiences that take us along the way uh do i want to be the rock star of hypnosis? No, no not no. at this point. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, you know, I've got enough to do. I got other things and to I, do too. And I enjoy, I enjoy my time. You know, yeah. I enjoy mm. my, my own time. So, you know, I, in fact, I, I don't advertise at all. I've got my Google things going and I've got mm -hmm. some something for my social media, but I don't really advertise. And I used to advertise a huge amount. Mm -hmm. So, um, but I how don't- long, How long have I, you been in Prescott now? I've been in Prescott since um, 05. Oh, so you've had lots of time to establish years. a base. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you've got a lot of, years. most of it's word of mouth referral now. Oh, you should see Carrie, yeah. I saw her 20 Word of mouth referral or Google. Or my, you know, like I say, the physicians that are in oh. the area, I think it's really good to get aligned with, you know, physicians that are, uh, see the value of hypnosis. 
Mm-hmm. Of course, a lot of physicians see the value of it with smoking. Yes. Mm. Yes. So, another, you know, yeah. smoking or weight loss or that type of thing. So in those cases, what I do to build that relationship with the physician is I ask for permission to send a letter to them and mm-hmm. let them know that I'm working with their, especially if they, they've recommended, it's not a big deal. So I'll just mm-hmm. say, thank you very much for the recommendation, but you just, you know, and this is what we're going to do. And um, so, you know, Good. then they see, oh, wow, this has been helpful. It's been successful. And they then will recommend. Yeah. Do you do a lot of weight loss? I used to, I'm not doing so much weight loss anymore. I choose to know why. I mean, I do it. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to advertise big time for weight mm-hmm. loss. Um, and of course that brought a lot of, a lot of clients in for that. Mm-hmm. and had, had a lot of success with it, but I just, uh, I don't do it as much. I do it, you know, people call me to do work with weight loss and we do it. Uh, that being said, I, I probably do more smoking than mm-hmm. I, I probably see people for smoking. Vaping is another thing. thing. Yeah. We have a lot of vaping going on now. You see many younger people. I mean, like adolescents yeah. who are vaping yeah. and that kind of. Yeah. I'm not. No. They haven't. Uh, they're still invincible, you know. Well, of course. <laughs> when they're in their teens, it's like, you know, I'm going to conquer the world and whatever. Yeah. Uh, so I do, I see young people um, whose parents I've maybe worked yeah. with, networking groups with, and they're having problems with socialization or, you know, things like that. College anxiety. Yeah, All exactly. Leaving yeah. home for the first time. Right. Mm-hmm. Those are the kind of things that, you know, I work uh, with with young people. And, of course, athletes. I, I do work with athletes. Mm-hmm. Do, you do, uh, do you work with the aches and pains of it, or do you work with the performance enhancement? That sounds like steroids, but that's not what I meant. No. <laughs> but, no, I work mostly with performance enhancement. Mm-hmm. Now, what sometimes comes with that if someone has had a severe injury, they, you know, yeah. they're playing football and they have a really bad injury, maybe an ankle injury or something, and they have to be at a wheelchair for a couple months. And, you know, yeah, you and now it's a year later mm-hmm. and they, you know, want to play football, but they have a lot of anxiety about going. Yeah, there. of course. So injury types of things, yeah, mm-hmm. I do as well. So, yeah. which it is, helps. It helps that your husband was a coach. <laughs> yeah. Well, that kind of introduced me to that area because mm-hmm. you know, I like I say, I created the Masterful Athletes program for his ball players and his teens. Mm-hmm. And um, when I came here. Um, a friend of mine's husband was the head wrestling coach and he was using uh, visualization and different things like that with his 
well, with his wrestlers. And so he approached me. He said, I, I wanted, I want to create a program. Mm -hmm. And so we did that together. Yeah. So our, our program was you zone it and you own it. So, Carrie, have you ever um, helped anybody with nerves for things like public speaking, for example? Sure. Well, again, that's a fear, isn't it? Mm. Mm -hmm. It's fear of getting in front of people, you know, and speaking mm. and, you know, feeling comfortable about that. Mm. Yeah. And of course, again, we're using a lot of visual things, like you say, seeing themselves, you know, in that situation, you know, the, the, the mind loves those pictures and symbols and all kinds of things like that. And so when they repeatedly and repetitively do that and see those pictures, then mm -hmm. they're there, you know, they're there. They step onto that field or in an auditorium in front of a podium or whatever it is, and they're on. It's like, you know, they, their body and their mind and everything responds mm. the way it needs to, because they've seen it. Mm -hmm. And the yeah. subconscious mind is used to that right. situation. And their brain assumes it must have happened because it saw it. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, it saw it. It yeah. believes it. Yeah. yeah. You know, as we all know, the people don't always realize. That now that's it. They don't realize that the brain can't tell the difference between imagination and reality necessarily. Yeah. No, your intellect can, but your brain itself. No. That's right. Um, yeah. Do you? Um, it's a segue completely, completely not what we're talking about right now. Um, do you use audios with your clients? Do you do a session and then I send do. them? Back with them? Okay. I do. I do my thing. You can see some of my equipment equipment over there okay i do nice, use nice audios because i the subconscious likes repetition yeah mm -hmm. so whether we give them something to repeat over and over or we use an audio mm -hmm. it's the same thing you know right. they need to have that repetition yeah. so that begin to change new neural pathways some of these habits to emotion and um fears or whatever have been there for a very long time mm -hmm. so we need to introduce new neural pathways and create new pictures and... mm -hmm. i do what's I do the that. um what's your usual interval between sessions um if i'm doing a program it's typically i do it once a week okay i see them every week mm -hmm. uh or every other week i mean some people are a little bit different i'm, mm -hmm. I'm fine with every two weeks or someone has to go on a vacation has to wants to go on a vacation or yeah with me if they're going on vacation then I'm, i bring it forward i i usually two weeks but then I'm one week if they're going to be away because i don't i don't really want it to go longer than two weeks that's so. great how many clients do you see on average a week do you think I typically will do maybe three a day and I work maybe three days a week if I can. Uh -huh. <laughs> Sometimes I have to work more or spread it out and different things. So uh -huh. that would be like about nine, maybe nine clients a week or so uh -huh. is what I would say. So that's a nice company. You can still, plenty of time. You can like still go for lunch. You can still do things. <laughs> right. Exactly. I go for lunch. I, you know, I, uh, I, I, with them typically my my appointments themselves are an hour an hour and a half mm -hmm. you know 
a lot of times. This one woman, like I told you, that I was working with the grief of her son, those sessions have been going even a little longer. So I, and I give myself time between my sessions. Yeah, I have a big buffer in between. Yeah, Yeah. me too. I cannot believe that that time has gone so quickly, Carrie. We need to thank you for coming on here. Well, we'll chop it up a little bit so it's a bit it's a bit shorter for the podcast. Yeah, yeah. I, I can't believe where that time's gone, Carrie. Thank you so much for coming on yeah. all the way from Arizona. Yeah, <laughs> it was my pleasure. Thank you for the invitation. I'm so glad do, to be here. Do you have any parting words for our listeners, <laughs> other than think positive thoughts? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Focus mm. on what you want. We hope you've enjoyed listening. Please remember, this podcast is designed to give you an insight into therapeutic hypnosis and is for educational purposes only. So remember, consult with your own healthcare professional if you think something you've heard may apply to you or a loved one. If you found this episode useful, you can apply for free continuing professional development or CME credit using the link provided in the show notes. Feel free to contact either of us through the links in the show notes. Join us again next week.